So I'm 12. How are we feeling tonight? Good. You guys have fun in small groups? Awesome. Well, hey, it is nice to meet you. My name is Nathan. If I hadn't had a chance to meet you, I'm one of the leaders here at M12, and I'd love to connect with you after the service so that I can get to know you and that you can get to know me a little bit better. But for now, uh, something you may not know about me is that I have two brothers. Anybody else have siblings in here? Okay, a lot of us in the room. All right, and I am also a middle child. Any other middle children in the room? My heart goes out to you, middle children. Life is tough sometimes being a middle child. And so growing up, being a middle child, I had to learn a hard truth growing up, and that's this, is that breakfast, it was every man for himself. It's because older brother got older brother rights, younger, youngest siblings just pretty much got whatever they wanted. Youngest siblings. Who's, who's your youngest sibling in here? You think your life is easy, but it's a lot easier than your siblings, okay? And so I had to learn a hard truth growing up, and that's every man for themselves at breakfast. And this is how I tried to cheat the system, all right? I had to be a little bit sneaky. So whenever my mom came home from the grocery store, I'd try and, and greet her, you know, because I was looking for the special kind of cereal. Now, we only got it every once in a while. For me, this was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Anybody else love Cinnamon Toast Crunch? And so I had to be sneaky. I had to be sneaky. I wanted the good cereal. And so I had to go and find my mom, you know, because she did the grocery shopping. I had to go and find it and then put the, the bowl of cereal, like hide it in the back of the pantry so that my brothers didn't even know it was there. Like I had to be sneaky, all right? And so then the next morning, you know, I'd wake up a little bit earlier and then I'd sneak on downstairs and I, I'd pour myself a bowl of cereal. Then I'd pour myself like three more bowls of cereal because I didn't know if it was going to be there the next day. I had to eat like for like the week. I didn't know how long it would last. So I had to do that. See, I can be selfish sometimes. I, I know it's a little bit of a trick, but I, I, was, I can be selfish sometimes. I know that to be true. Um, and so tonight we're going to be talking about selflessness, how to put other people in front of ourselves. And last week we actually started our series called Brand New. And we, had a, uh, we, we threw a couple of logos up on the screen, and you had some reactions to these. You had some positive reactions to these brands, and you had some negative reactions to some of these other brands. All right? And so one of the things that we talked about is that we wanted to be known for something different. And for that to be true, we have to rebrand how people think about us. And the first thing that we needed to do came out of Philippians 2. It was this verse, and we had to remember it. It said, said then make my joy complete by being, being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. See, we learned last week that we have to do life together. Life is better together. And we have to be unified. That's the first thing that we need to do to be branded differently. So when we have either positive or negative reactions to certain organizations, and we have certain expectations from certain organizations, like Starbucks. We have certain expectations of Starbucks that maybe you go into a Starbucks, you're greeted by the smell of coffee, and it's delicious. You, you expect to meet a barista that knows enough about coffee or thinks they know a lot about coffee. And then you expect the best frappuccinos in the world, right? Some vanilla beans, some double chocolatey chip, whipped cream on top. And then every fall, this is what happens. You expect for pumpkin spice to come back. Anybody else love pumpkin spice? It's okay. No shame if you're a little basic. Like, it's okay. Like, it, we, I love it too. I love it too. We expect this from Starbucks. We have certain expectations. Or, or Chick-fil-A. You walk into a Chick-fil-A. You expect to be greeted by the best smell of Christian chicken. Some waffle fries in the air. You expect to have 
an experience with an employee that is incredibly good. They, they're the best employees. And then you expect at the end of your interaction, you say thank you and they say, my pleasure. You expect this from them. And there are certain expectations that you have a certain, uh, of organizations. And, and people have expectations. People have expectations. Experiences often define expectations. I want you guys to write that down. It's the first blank in your notes. Experiences often define expectations. So people have had good experiences with Starbucks. People have had good experiences with Chick-fil-A, and so there's a good expectation from that. What would people's expectation be of you based off their experience with you? What would people's expectation of Christians be based off experiences with you? See, I hope what is true is that I hope that when somebody hears of somebody who goes to N12, I hope that they think, oh man, that group of people is the most loving, most godly, most welcoming people. I hope that's true based off of their experiences with you. Because sometimes, if, whether fair or unfair, sometimes as Christians we get a bad rap based off of some other people's experiences, or maybe even experiences with ourselves. Sometimes people think this about Christians. I would, I would want you to think about maybe what do your parents think about Christians? What does your, your, your school think about Christians? What do your people in your sports team think about Christians? Oftentimes, a lot of people think of Christians as closed-minded, judgmental, maybe even boring, and so what do we do to change this perception of Christians? And let me tell you, this is the, this is the answer. To change their perception, to change their expectation, we have to change their experience. Because they've either heard something or they've had first-hand experiences with a Christian that was less than awesome. We have to change that experience, and so we have to change this. And so I guess I want you to think about this, M12. If somebody came here, for the very first time, if, if somebody came here and didn't have a good experience, they'd probably just write it off. Imagine if you had a bad first experience with M12 and you never came back, you'd be missing out on what you're experiencing today. That'd be such a, that'd be such a shame. If you don't feel that, think about it this way. Think about if you had a bad experience with Starbucks or Chick-fil-A your very first time, and so you just wrote off Starbucks or Chick-fil-A. You never went back because you said all Starbucks, all Chick-fil-A, they're all the same. I don't like them. I've never had a good experience. You'd be like, that's crazy. I love Starbucks. I love Chick-fil-A. And let me tell you, if I've, had, I've had bad experiences at Starbucks. I've had bad experiences at Chick-fil-A. You know, I've had frappuccinos that are less than frozen. They're a little melty, not quite to my liking. You know, I've had Chick-fil-A employees sometimes be there. You know, you know, they're a little sleepy. Maybe they don't want to be there. I've had experiences, but I know that these experiences are not the norm. They're the exception. I hope that it's the exception at M12 for somebody to get a less than awesome experience. I hope that's the exception, not what we're known for. I hope that's not what we're known for. And see, we can't control what other people think about us, but here's what we can control. We can control how we treat other people. That's also important. I want you guys to write it down. We can control how we treat other people. We can control what other people's experience are. We can control that. And so last week we decided that we wanted to be rebranded as a group. And so we have to change the perception of Christians. And we have to change people's experiences of what, uh, what um, Christians are like. 
So we have to change how we treat other people, and this is how we do it. We're going to take a look into Scripture, the best way to find out how to treat other people. So last week, we hopped into Philippians. We're going to do the same thing. So if you want to open up your Bibles to page 1179, go ahead and open up there to Philippians chapter 2. 1179, Philippians chapter 2. And so it's almost like, this is a message from Paul, this is almost like Paul saw it coming that we would have a hard time putting other people first. He knew that we would have a hard time treating other people well, so he wrote this message almost with us exactly in mind, for me and you, even though this happened 2,000 years ago. This still applies. We're going to go ahead and read. If you haven't gotten there yet, we can go ahead and just read on the screen. So we'll go ahead, read ahead. In verse 3, we're going to start. 2, verse 3. It says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. See, this sounds awesome, but it's the uh, exact opposite of most people's experiences. Because as people, we're human, and, it, and it's hard to sometimes slow down. It's hard to sometimes think of other people. I want you guys to think of your own day, all right? So maybe you start off your own day. This is how it starts. You set your alarm clock, and you wake up to it. Or, or maybe you don't set your alarm clock, and your mom or dad still wakes you up. Maybe that's true. Or maybe you set an alarm clock, and you just miss it. So from, like, the very first start of your day, you're like, you're just mad. You know, I'm not a morning person. It's hard for me to get woken up. I don't like it. So maybe from the very first part of the day, you're already thinking about yourself. And then you go downstairs, you sneak on, and you, you pour four bowls of cereal, the best kind, you know. You have to get it before your siblings do. And then you go to run to meet the bus, and maybe you miss the bus, and, or maybe you make it, and, and it's just not, you didn't get the seat you wanted. And then you go to class, and you, you're experiencing with your teachers. You get to hang out with your friends. Hopefully you don't get a citation. If you're homeschooled, hopefully you don't get grounded. Uh, and then maybe after that, you go to the sports practice. And then after that, you come home, and you start doing homework. Or really, maybe you had just have your homework while you're doing Instagram or like watching TV. Maybe that's how it often goes. And, or maybe after that, you go to Netflix and you're just hanging out. You're just, you're just, trying, to, you're just trying to hang out with your, your family right before you go to bed. And then you start it all over again. And then you start it all over again. See, when did we have time for other people? That's often how our day goes. And, and let me tell you, I'm not just trying to bash on you guys. I have a hard time with this too. Even as a pastor, it's hard for me to slow down to be with other people, to slow down to actually help other people because I get wrapped up in the same cycle of thought a lot of times. And so in this passage, Paul is saying that we need to live unselfishly or he need, we need to live selflessly for other people. And so here's a phrase that kind of wraps this up, a phrase that I want you to remember, and it's this. It says, I am third. It's in your notes. Go ahead and write a little box around it. And you're like, what the heck does that mean? I am third. This is what it means. It means that God should be first in your life, other people are second, and then you are third. And see, the world is a me first kind of culture. It says that if I'm not first, I'm last, and I'm losing. And see, this way of thinking is so different from the world to put God first, to put others second, and then to put me third. Because being third sometimes feels like you're losing. Does anyone else hate losing? I do. I know I hate losing. And sometimes being third feels a lot like this. Feels a lot like this. All right, so your eyes immediately go to number one, Michael Phelps, right? But take a look at number three. That is a sad panda right there, all right? He is not loving life. He's like, I got so close, but my darn Michael Phelps, he beat me again. 
And it feels a lot like that. You're like, man, I feel like I'm still losing. It feels like you got third place out of three. That's often how it feels like to be third place. And now I'm not saying that you need to stop competing in sports games and say like, oh, my pastor said that I have to let the other team win, put other people in front of myself. That's not what I'm saying right now, all right? Your, your coach will hate me if I say that, all right? That is not what I'm saying. You can go ahead and compete in sports. But what I'm talking about is in your daily life, are you thinking about the needs of other people? Are you thinking about what other people could use? Is that how we often think? God first, other people second, and then me third. See, the world's way of thinking is actually weaker. It says that I only have enough for me, but God's way of thinking is stronger. It says I have so much because I've put God first, and out of that, I've been given so much to give to other people, and I have still enough left for myself. God's way is stronger. He gives you more when you think of other people. And see, this is important. See, Jesus spoke about this directly. A lawyer asked him, asked Jesus at one point, he said, dude, what is the most important commandment? What's the one thing I need to get, all right? And so Jesus gave him two things, actually. He said this. In Matthew 22, 37 through 39, just go ahead and read along. It's going to be on the screen. Jesus said this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Put God number one. And then the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus put it simply. He said, love God, love others. Put me as number one. Put others as number two, and then put yourself as number three. That's how we need to do things. And this is so backwards, and it feels like we're losing. But I'm telling you, if you start to live like this, you'll start to see these things be true in your life. I didn't write them down in your notes, but go ahead and write them down. The first thing you'll start to see is that people will trust you more. People will trust you more when you're thinking about their needs. Because they're, they know they're not trying to uh, be used. They're not, you're not trying to get anything out of them. You're just trying to help them. And so you're trusted more. The second thing is this, is that people will like you more. Don't you like people when they're thinking about you? See, that's why I love, that's why we all love Starbucks. That's why we all love Chick-fil-A's, because when we are in there, it is all about us. They are serving us, and we love to be in that environment. What if we did the same thing for other people so that they can experience that same love? Wouldn't that be awesome? People will like you more. I hope that you like your leaders, because they are putting your, their needs your, your needs in front of their own. By simply being here, they are putting your needs in front of their own. They could be doing other things right now. But simply because they are here, they want to invest in you. They are putting your needs in front of their own. And they want to invest in you. They deserve your trust. They deserve to be liked by you. And they also deserve your respect. That's the next thing. People respect you more. See, I immediately... I disrespect anybody who tries to be a, a number one person, all right? I lose respect for them if they're trying to, to be number one. And I immediately respect the person who's trying to think about other people. People will respect you more. The last thing is this, is that you will gain more influence. Go ahead and write that down. You will gain more influence in other people's lives because they will know that you are a good person, that you put God first, and that you're thinking about other people. You will gain more influence, and you can actually do something with the mission that God has given you. And I've seen so many students start to get this. I've seen so many students start to get this by putting other people first. And see, I think where we miss it a lot of times as Christians is this, is that we learn how to put God first, but we never learn how to put people above ourselves. And so people look at Christians and say, well, they're not treating me well. Why would I want to follow a God that their people don't treat me well? 
And I have so many negative experiences. And so this is where we miss it, M12, is that if we learn how to put people above ourselves, people will have better experiences with Christians. Paul goes on to talk about this, and it's going to be on the screen. You can go ahead and follow along if you're following along. And, and uh, 2 verse 5, we're going to do that, but it's going to be on the screen as well. Go ahead and follow along. It says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, though he was God. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He gave up his number one spot. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He became number three. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to the cross and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of, every, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God of the Father. Did you hear that? Because he put God as number one, and he humbled himself to number three. He was actually elevated. I want you to catch that. God elevated him because he was humbled and he put other people in, in front of themselves. That's how God works. He elevates people when we become number three. And so Jesus spent his entire ministry putting other people in front of themselves. And so that's what he did 2,000 years ago. But what does it look like in your own life? What does it look like in your family? What does it look like in your sports teams? What does it look like in your schools? I'm going to give you a couple of options, a couple of ways that you can live this out. The first is this. You can associate with the overlooked. Associate with the overlooked. See, you, can, you have so many people in your school, so many people in your community, so many people that you come in contact with, and you see them and you keep on walking. Maybe that person who's alone at the lunchroom Maybe that person who, who just belongs in a different group and you don't see how, what do I have in common with them? And there's so many people that are overlooked that don't have the community that they need. What if we learned how to sit down and have a conversation with these people, to associate with them, to put their needs in front of our own? Because we can think, man, we're just better than them. Why would I, what I, why would I stoop to hang out with them? They're kind of weird anyway. And that's pride. Let me tell you a story of somebody who did just this. They learned how to have a community with somebody that seemed totally unlike them. Maybe you heard the story too. Uh, there's a there's a um, a Florida State of uh, the Florida State Seminoles. Their wide receiver. Their team was visiting a school cafeteria for lunch to hang out with some of the students. And so this this uh, wide receiver he saw one of the students sitting by himself, and he just sat down with this student and started to have a conversation with him. And it just opened up a relationship. And I want you guys to hear a little bit more about this story. So I have a minute and a half clip for you guys to see the follow-up. There's a conversation between the family and, an, and a reporter, and you get to see the, the conversation. So I want you guys to see how this impacted this family. Let's go ahead and check it out. Don't you wish there were more stories like that? I know that I sure do. I wish that there were so many more stories like that. I wish that wasn't the exception, but I wish that that was the norm. I wish that that's what people were known for. I wish that even at M12, I wish that we were known for associating with the overlooked. And I love what the ride receiver said. I love what he said. He said, he, when he was asked, why did you do it? He said, I just wanted to show people that we were the same. A middle school autistic boy and a college wide receiver, the same. How many of you would have put those people in the same group before? Probably not many. The same. We all deserve to be retreated the same. 
So it's not us above other people. We all deserve God's love. We all deserve to treat other people the same way that Jesus would treat you. And that's selflessly, putting other people's needs in front of our own. I wish there were more stories like that. And, and I love what else he did. He just sat down, and then he did something simple. He just listened. That's the next thing to do, listen more. It's not hard. All you have to do is listen. That's what he did to get to know somebody. And because when you listen to somebody else, what that says is that I care about you enough to get to know you. And listening to somebody is the best way to tell them that I care about you. I'm going to say that again. Listening to someone is the best way to tell somebody that I care about you. Listen to other people. You can listen to your parents and say, man, I, I care about you. You can listen to your teachers and say, I care about you, to your coaches. Or what about to your leaders? When you listen to your leaders, it says, I care about you and I value you. I hope that you guys listen to your leaders. That's an awesome way to put other people's needs above your own. The last one is to do this, is to influence where God has put you. See, God has put you in so many different places on purpose. God has placed you in your families on purpose. Sometimes it feels like such an accident that you were placed in your family. But I want you to say, I want you to know that God had a plan for you, that he placed you in your family on purpose, that he placed you in your schools on purpose, that he placed you on that sports team on purpose, that he placed you in this group at M12, in your small group on purpose. And that's because he wants you to be a light. He wants you to influence where he has already put you. You don't have to go on a scavenger hunt to go and find these people to go sit down with. They're already around. That's how good God is. He wants to reach other people, and he's already placed you in a position to influence other people. That's the God I know, and he wants that. So M12, as we're thinking about, man, there's so many different expectations of organizations. There's so many different expectations of Christians. I hope that you feel the weight of this. I hope that you feel responsible to, to help change other people's experiences with Christians. This isn't up to me to influence your friends, that's up to you. I don't know all of your friends. I'm not in your family. I'm not at your school all the time. Sometimes I am. I'm not at your sports team. This is up to you to change experiences, to change people's expectations about M12, about church, about Christians. What would people expect if they experienced you? Would they, experience, would they hope to experience more love? Would they hope to think to come to this place? Would they hope to experience a welcoming family if they experienced you? I want you guys to think about that. And maybe you need to do a couple different things. Maybe you need to associate with the overlooked. Maybe you need to listen to other people. Maybe you need to influence somebody where, you have, where God has placed you. Because I hope when somebody thinks about M12, they think about the most loving place ever. That, man, you got to go because it's so fun. Man, you got to come because there's love like none other because they serve a God of love. I hope that's true of M12. I hope that's what people start to think of when they think of you, when they start to think of Christians. And maybe you need a, need a reminder, and we gave out a lot of these wristbands last week. Uh, it says encourage, serve, pray, and forgive. And this can serve as a reminder. Maybe you need to serve somebody this week, and you serve them by listening. Maybe you need to serve them by associating with the overlooked. Or maybe you need to pray to have God be the number one spot. Maybe that needs to be true in your life. Whatever it is, I hope that you take up this challenge to put other people's needs in front of yourself to keep God as number one. 
So we're going to go ahead and pray, and I, and I just want to encourage you guys, and I want to bless you guys as you guys are about to go back to your families. You're going to go back to your schools where this is going to be hard, and it's going to feel like you're in third place, and it's going to feel like you're losing, and it's going to feel so backwards, but I want to encourage you to continue to be bold to live this out because it will change the way you think. It will change the way people treat you. So let's go ahead and pray, and I've got some announcements for you guys at the end. So God, thank you so much for these students. God, I thank you that you love them so much, that you want to have them influence their friends. God, you have placed them in so many positions on purpose. You've placed them in their families, their schools, their sports team, in this group, in their small groups, God. Would they see the amount of potential that they have? God, you have given these students so much. God, would you continue to give them a, a mindset, a perception shift? that it's not losing to put other people in front of themselves or to keep you first. God, I pray that that will be so true in them that when the culture tries to say that you need to be number one, God, I pray that you'll just change their mind. I pray that they will remember what they learned tonight. God, I pray for, God, pray for you to use these students in big ways because they can do that. May they change people's expectations based off their experience, based off of experiences with them. So God, we thank you. We love you. Help us become more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.